0: Thank you, ladies. Let's turn to the book of Proverbs tonight. We'll start in Proverbs chapter number 22, and we're going to turn to a couple of other places in our Bible this this evening, Proverbs chapter number 22. And I'll read one verse of Scripture in this chapter, and uh, then after we pray, uh, we'll uh, look at a couple of other places tonight. And I do have um, quite a lot prepared this evening. And so um, if, if I do find that it's taking, I, I'll cut it off if I need to cut it off is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and so already getting tongue-tied, that's not a good sign of, of us getting through this tonight. Uh, but uh, this is an important uh, lesson that I'm going to give us this evening. Uh, we as Christians have got to be very, very careful Uh, Not to fall into the world's thinking. And what I'm going to deal with tonight tonight, I'm teaching on worshiping the God of reputation. Uh, We've got to be very, very careful not to adopt a worldly philosophy. Um, I'll I'll go ahead and kind of get ahead of myself for uh, example. A worldly philosophy is that a man and a woman can live together as husband and wife without being husband and wife. That's a worldly philosophy that's one that Christians we should not ascribe to. Uh, But likewise, what we'll see tonight, making your decisions based on what people think about you, that's a worldly philosophy as well. And so we have to make our decisions based on the Word of God. And we live in a day, and we see this played out politically. We see it played out uh, in our churches, and in Christianity, uh, and so I'm going to de- deal with this tonight, and I want you to give me your attention, and we'll move through this as quickly as possible, and I believe I'm going to give some of you uh, some good answers for some things that you deal with based on uh, counsel and things that I've had with you in the past. So, look at Proverbs chapter 22, verse number 1. A familiar verse, the Bible says, "...a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches." in loving favor rather than silver and gold. A good name is rather to be chosen. We should have a good name. I believe a Christian should pay their bills. I believe a Christian ought to be kind. I believe a Christian should be uh, honest. I believe a Christian should have compassion and have grace about them. I believe a Christian should do everything they can to have a good name. But there's, there's a key in this verse, and I think it's often misinterpreted, Uh, But we're going to look at it tonight as I I teach on this subject, worshiping the God of reputation. Worshiping the God of reputation. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that uh, you allow the Word of God to speak to us, to teach us, instruct us tonight. May we be stronger in our faith, stronger in our stand uh, by what we see tonight. I pray that you'll help your people, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, There's something very concerning in the day we live in. And uh, amongst Christian people. And uh, it's the, you find them worshiping false gods. Now, I'm not talking about them bowing at the feet of a bust of Buddha or offering incense to a Virgin Mary, but uh, many Christians today worship this God that I'm speaking about tonight. They've made reputation a God, Uh, they've made appeasement with man a God. Proverbs 22.1 does say a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Often this verse of Scripture is misinterpreted by saying uh, a a good name is the most valuable thing that you can have. Uh, Now, it depends on what context you put that in. It depends on who that good name is with. Is it with this world or is it with God? Is it here on this earth or is it in heaven? But that's not what I believe this verse says. It says, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Uh, If you have to choose, don't sell your name. Uh, Don't sell your reputation for riches. That's what this verse is talking about. Uh, Don't sell for uh, your reputation. And So it does not mean what sometimes that we hide behind uh, so that we don't have to take a strong stand. We hide behind so that we don't. We we have to get along with everyone, uh, but Solomon is is writing to his son. He's saying, "Don't sell out your name." Now it, it's it's sad. We live in a day where there's a lot of lot of Christians who sell out their name. There's a lot of pastors, and I'll use that term. They sell out the name of Christ for riches. They compromise. They 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 trade off, uh, and they're not concerned with their name. You say, Pastor, where where are you going with all this? Uh, if you are a Christian and you believe in separation, be prepared to be called a legalist. That is a name that we are called. This is as old as the Bible times. Uh, we Christians were given the name Christian as, not as a, as, a, as a term of affection, but it was a mocking of a little Christ. Christ. Oh, you you follow Christ. The name Baptist, it comes from a derogatory uh, term given to uh, us by our enemies, those that uh, that we did not side with because we did not believe in baptizing our babies, and so they gave us that name. It's always been that way with God's people. If you take a strong stand today on separation and you take a strong stand on holiness, be prepared, you're going to be called a legalist. Uh, The same is true uh, when we talk about uh, preachers today who take a strong stand uh, and they they preach with authority from the Word of God. Uh, Often they're going to be called names like dictators. Uh, They're going to be called mean-spirited. Uh, Some of you have experienced this as you attempt to rear your children, or you did rear your children, different than the rest of the family because you were doing it by the Word of God. You were labeled as, as, and oh, there's a whole list of them tonight, but you're labeled as a legalist. You're labeled as part of a cult uh, because you didn't go along with the way the world goes along with things, and you do things differently. Uh, You say, well, Pastor, why is that a big deal? It's a big deal because there's something inside of us that we want people to judge us fairly. Isn't that kind of accurate for everybody? And one of the oldest tricks of the devil has been to slander, call names, is to hurt the reputation of individuals. Now, uh, often those that call us Bible believers a cult they're the ones who, as soon as a new new style comes out, they got to change their hair to that style. Uh, they got to use the lingo that is used. Uh, they've got to go down and buy the latest uh, fashion that everybody ha- ha- um, that is involved in. But that's not a cult. Uh, they don't. They say the same things. They they have to fit in with everybody. But 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 those that believe the word of God and we're trying to be more like Christ. We're sometimes labeled a cult. We even have, and, it, and it's, it's tragic and it's hard to believe, that there are, there are young people, there are adults now, they grow up in, a, in homes just like ours, in a Bible-believing church just like this, and then they rebel against God, they give up their standards, they give up their beliefs, and they look back at a good mom and dad, and they accuse their mom and dad of abusing them because they wouldn't let them go out on Friday night with their friends. I'm not making this up. This happens more often than you think. They abuse, say, you abused me. You brought me up in an abusive home because you didn't let me dress like everybody else. Because you didn't let me go to the places everybody else went. And it traumatized me. Now, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you're going to be more concerned what people think about you than what this book says. You and I have a responsibility to this book right here, no matter what anybody else thinks of us. As Christ gets closer to His appearing, God's people aren't going to have it easier. I remind you what Jesus said. He says, if they'll do this to me, what do you think they're going to do to you? And we have to to understand that we're going to do what we need to do because the Bible says it. And we cannot consider the things that this world considers. Let's use Jacob tonight. I want you to turn to Genesis chapter number 32. Genesis chapter number 32. And I'm going to take some time to lay the foundation, and then I'll, I'll mention the, the, the nine. I do have nine points tonight. I'll mention those nine statements to you uh, at the end, assuming we get to them. Genesis chapter number 32. Familiar story. We know Jacob. We're going to see here in chapter number 32, uh, from verse 22 to verse 32, uh, we find the Jacob wrestling with the Lord. Uh, we see, and uh, well, let's look at verse 22. And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his 11 sons and passed over the four Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone, verse 24, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Now, we know this story. In a couple of verses down, uh, we know that God changes his name from Jacob to Israel. Now, don't miss why this is significant. Obviously, The lineage of Christ is going to come through Jacob, Israel. God changes His name from Jacob to Israel. Now, sometimes because Jacob is in the Bible, we think Jacob was was a perfect man. We think Jacob had it all together. Jacob was not a good man. His name means trickster. Uh, We know the story of how he deceived his own father to receive the birthright he cheated his brother out of the blessings of god he 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 was not he was not he was he was flesh but he was a deceiver he had major character flaws but yet god still kept his promise and God still used Jacob it's significant that his name was Jacob his name was trickster his name was deceiver but then after this encounter with God God changed his name to Israel because Jacob changed in the eyes of God notice what the Bible said says the Bible says And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob but Israel, for as a prince thou hast power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Verse 28, he changes his name. Now notice this, what does he say? He says, uh, first he had power with God and with men. He did not say his reputation changed with all those he had deceived. He said he had power with God and men. The power was the reason he was given a good name, Israel. I want you to understand this, because the world accepts you does not mean you have a good name. When you have power with God, that's when you have a good name. That is what it... So don't worry about what what family, don't worry about what others may say, because it is the power with God and men. That is what we should be pursuing. He was given this name because he prevailed. The, 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 he prevailed with God. How many can say that they have wrestled with God and have prevailed? does it mean he was more powerful than God. But he changed and God changed his name. Here's the lesson. The lesson to be learned is that our eternal name with God is more important than our name and reputation here on earth with men. I am am very troubled and I am very weary even amongst independent Baptists because we're more concerned with what rebels say than with what God says. We're more concerned with the prodigal and what they get on the internet and, and blog than we are with what God says. Mom and dad... Your goal is to have power with God. And when you have power with God, God, power with God and men, that's when God will will, will take care of all of the details. I'm I'm a little weary and troubled that people being more concerned in, in picking their Bible position based on a Twitter poll than what God says. You see it in the political world today. There are politicians who ran on a certain platform and said they were going to do certain things for their constituents, but yet, the same trick, there's nothing new under the sun, they pick their position based on polling. You say what you want about our president, I'm so glad to have a president who's not worried about a poll. But he's going to do what he thinks is right because it's the right thing to do. And quite frankly... And I could, go, I could talk about this all, all, all evening long. God, has written, in my opinion, has raised our president up for such a time as this. When men were more worried about reputation than what somebody was going to do for the American people, and in my opinion, has been more pro-life than any other president, has talked about the Lord Jesus Christ more than any other president, uh, the, the, the point is, power with God and men. Be more concerned with our name and reputation in heaven than here on earth. Do not be intimidated. Do not be intimidated by those who do not have the truth or those who have, who have left the truth. Uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're, and I know we have a lot of people out tonight, but if you're, if you're, if you're just now, got, you're just now rearing your children. Everybody is going to have an opinion on how you should do that. Everybody's going to say, well, why won't you let them do this? Or why won't you let them do this? Well, you're going to rear those kids in a cult. Don't be intimidated by that. Don't be intimidated by that. The lesson to be learned is that our eternal name with God is more important than our name and reputation here on earth with men. Uh, Let's think about our Lord. When Jesus came, the Bible says He made Himself of no reputation. Uh, Turn with me to the book of Philippians. I want you to see this in your Bible. Philippians chapter number two. You're probably familiar with this passage of, of Scripture, but I want you to see it. I mentioned this recently, but from his birth, Jesus was the object of scandalous accusations. From his birth, he was born of a virgin. Joseph wouldn't put her away. Because Joseph knew she was born that Jesus was born of a virgin. What do you think what it was said about our Lord? What do you think was said about Mary? And Pharisees are very good about, in the name of doing what is right, trying to condemn somebody they're afraid of. They knew who the Lord was, they rejected him. Look at Philippians chapter number two and verse number five. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Okay, we've got a good start right there. Think the way Christ thought. How many of you agree with that sentiment? Okay, that's a good goal. Not to think about not even to think like your pastor thinks. That, That would scare you right there, but to think like the Lord thinks. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who, verse 6, being in the form of God, thought it not Robert to be equal with God, but made himself of great reputation and positioned himself with a great following so that he could advance the cause of Christ. Oh no, that's not what the Bible says. That's the game plan of a lot of men today. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, but made himself of no reputation. He was born in a manger. First of all, when the God of heaven, heavens puts, robes himself in flesh, see, man thinks, man. we think very highly of ourselves, don't we? But put man in comparison to God, there's not much to be impressed with. When compared to the Almighty, He made Himself of no reputation and took upon Him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and and being found in fashion as a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted Him. Who exalted Him? God did. So Jesus didn't need man to exalt Him. If we're supposed to have the same mind that Jesus had, what should we be, what should we be striving to, to be? A servant. We should quit working, working on our reputations. And there's a lot of men in past generations, and, and there's, sadly there's, there's many today, who are more worried about their reputation, and in essence they're going to give up their ministry because they're more worried about their reputation than just being a servant. They're more worried about just being, being accepted than they are just doing the work of God. In losing his reputation with man, Jesus gained power with the Father. His name on earth was tarnished, but the day of his death was better than the day of his earth. You know, we, we look at our, Jesus as our Savior. We know who he is. We serve him. We praise him. And for all of eternity, we're going to worship him. But man has always, generally speaking, has rejected him. It's amazing and, and, and I don't pay a whole lot of attention to it because it, it just I'd really not have this in my mind. And sometimes and we're kind of sheltered from this because we choose to shelter ourselves from this, but don't you think don't, don't don't think that this world speaks highly of Jesus? They still blaspheme. In 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 very specific ways. He allowed himself to become of no reputation and God elevated him. Think about Joseph. Joseph did not have a good name. You turn to Hebrews chapter number 11, we'll not take time tonight, and you look through that list and look at how many of them have a good name amongst men. Many heroes of the faith didn't have a good name. Does it mean they weren't honest? Does it mean they weren't kind? Does it mean they didn't have power with God? No. It doesn't mean that at all. What you and I have to understand, and this is fully illustrated in our political world, people who take a stand for God will be hated. It's been amazing in in watching the saga unfold over the last week with our president. He contracts COVID, and then you listen He's he's faking, and maybe he's gonna die. And then when he comes out of it, he's a super spreader. You know, you you gotta have one or the other. He's either faking or he's a super spreader. You can't have both. They hate the man so much. You ever thought about why the media just lies and hates him so much? You ever think about why? the liberals hate him so much because he's very been very bold in his stand they liked him when they were asking him for money for their political campaigns in the past but then when he i'll use this word evolves his position as i've studied the situ, as i studied it I believe abortion is the murder of an unborn child. Now they hate him. They hate him because of his stand. He has a stronger stand now than he's ever had, and they hate him for it. They hate him because he says that salvation, I've heard him say it, comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. They hate him because he'll he'll hold up a Bible. That's why they hate him. And all the the things, and how do they go after him? It's just one scandal after another scandal after another scandal after another scandal because of his stand. How much more so is it going to be for the people of God who take a stand? If you take a stand amongst your family, if you take a stand amongst your community, uh, there are going to be some uh, who don't like the stand. Think of Job. Job was one of the most righteous men who ever lived. I didn't say that. God said that. When God allowed Satan to test Job, Job's this is how I know Job was an independent Baptist, because Job's best three friends assumed the worst about him. Job went from being respected by these friends to being questioned and even accused by them, because there's no new thing under the sun. The disciples were falsely accused. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. We should not trade our name for anything. We've got to keep the right perspective of where we should have that good name. Jacob is a great example. We've already looked at him. He wrestled with God, and therefore God changed his name. But people who lived with Jacob, they still called him Jacob. Even though God called him Israel. Many always looked at him as the same person who deceived them. But he had power with God in men. Now, let me give you some things to consider when we, we regard this matter of reputation. Nine statements. I'm going to give them to you. Are you ready? Number one, we should not make our reputation an idol. There are many Christians today guilty of reputation idolatry. You would never, you would never worship. A statue of Buddha, but you worship the idea of reputation. It's the most important thing. I've got to convince them of this. I got you and I have a responsibility, and we got to get to this in our day. And we've we've seen it politically, we've got to get this way in our churches amongst Christian people. We do right because it's right to do. Not because it's popular, not because it's accepted, but because it is right to do. Isn't it wonderful that Christians are finally saying, We have a we have a president. Who's just doing what he thinks is right. Would to God that we have preachers who stand behind the pulpit and just do what what they should do that is right. We have mom and dads who are Christians standing in their home and say, we're rearing our children the way they ought to be reared because it's right. And I'm not worried about what anybody else thinks. I'm not taking a survey in my neighborhood to find out why my kids don't always run around with the neighborhood kids. I'm not doing that because it has no bearing on how I rear my kids. I'm not taking a survey. I'm not going down to the, the, the bookstore to find out how, 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 every, how I'm supposed to be running my church. I'm not certainly not going to get on the internet or have a Facebook poll or a discussion group of what is relevant for the churches today. No, I have a book that God has given me. It makes no difference. Don't we say, if nobody else in this world is going to do right, bless God, we're going to do right. And then we let social media tell us what we're supposed to do. Or the holidays are coming up, we're around our family a little more, and that pressure. Why, why, why are you part of a cult? Why are your kids different? If you go to a, a family gathering, and you're ruining your kids according to the Word of God, and you say, well, my kid, your kids are different, say thank you. Amen. Thank you. We should not make our reputation an idol do right and let God take Every, care of everything else. It's not... Okay, who are we supposed to be pleasing? Okay, I'm going to let you answer this one out loud. Who are we supposed to be pleasing? God. So if, if we're pleasing God, does it matter what anybody else thinks? Absolutely not. Number two, do right because it is right, not to have a good reputation. When you, we do right, we don't have to let everybody know that we did right. That's where pride comes in. If if you did a good deed today, you don't have to tweet it. Matter of fact, I'd I'd rather see what you ate for lunch than all of your good deeds of the day. We get it. You're an angel. You have a halo, angel wings, all those things. We got it. But do right because it's right. That's why we should do right. It may, it may lead to acceptance by man. It may lead to rejection by man. But we should do right. You have, you, parents, you got to rear your children according to this book, no matter what anybody else thinks, because it's right to do. As a church, we're supposed to be winning souls. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. Uh, we're supposed to still, in 2020, live a separated life from this world even if if others are going to put a label on that. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. Number three, some attacks against our name come because our position or behavior convicts others. It's amazing to see Christians turn into eight-year-old girls that are bickering on the playground because somebody skipped them in line. Pastor, what in the world are you talking about? You can tell when somebody's under conviction because they turn to the one whose actions are bringing conviction and they've got to attack that position. Have you ever noticed that people who've left the truth, it's not us hunting them down It's not us making fake social media accounts so that we can make comments on all of their social media posts. Who is it? It's the ones who were convicted by the truth. It's the, if you do right, there's somebody that it is going to bother People judge our motives and our methods because our actions convict convict them. Uh, That's why, don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. Uh, Because it's, it's the Bible position that still offends people. Number four, don't consider your reputation before making a decision. Oh, we live in a day and... It's sad. I've heard this justification from men who should know better. Well, I I, I gotta, if I was you, that's the same thing I'd do, but I gotta consider, before making this decision, I gotta consider what people might think. Don't consider your reputation before making a decision. That's why, as we move forward in a church, as a church, we are never leaving the position of this Bible. Well, this world is getting more and more aggressive against the things of God, and that's why I've been saying, I haven't said a lot of it, I've said enough, I haven't said a lot lately, but this is not an election between higher taxes and lower taxes. Now, there will be higher or lower based on this election, but this is an election versus good and evil. You look at some of these most, more liberal states, they are targeting churches. I mean, how in the world do we have an elected official that says you can't have church and you can't even have Bible study in your home? It's mind it, it, it boggles the mind. Because they're after the things of God. See, these politicians are not just an enemy of our country, and they are. They're an enemy of God. They're opposed to God. But don't consider your reputation before making a decision. Number five, do not avoid sinners to protect your reputation. So, Pastor, what what do you, what do you mean by that? I, I, that we, we have, and I can make this... Analogy politically, we have two dangers in our country. You have the far, far left, who's trying to burn everything down, and they 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 they, they hate everything America stands for. They hate God. They hate the Bible. Uh, we can murder our babies. All all of the all of these things. That's a danger to our country. But then you have the extreme right, who thinks. They're the only ones who should decide who can and can serve in our country. And they are the litmus test of who can be president, who can have influence. Both are dangerous because both place themselves in the, in, the, in the place of God. The same is true when it comes to quote-unquote Christianity. have Those on the far, far left who think that they are their own God, they'll decide what is right... Uh, the, the church is a man made institution. How many of you have ever heard that? No. Read the Bible. Jesus is the founder of the church, He's the head of the church. Right. Wow, it took oh, 10 seconds to, to just do away with that argument right there. Then you have the far, far, far right who discuss me just as much and they decide who can be saved. And then they, can, they decide who can be right with God. They, they, they think they're the ones that can decide who should be able to do, who, who God can use and who God can't use. Don't avoid people who need help based on what people may say. Every Sunday morning, those double doors out there, anybody who's been away from God who wants to come in here and hear the word of God preached is welcome. And, and I will do my best to guard in here of anybody who's going to look down their nose at somebody else. Well, where have they been? Uh, Well, maybe if we'd have prayed more for them, they'd have come back sooner. Uh, Well, Jesus, he, well, one thing that the Pharisees got after him, he's eating Republicans and sinners. Number five, do not, or number six, do not consider what people will think of you when making decisions. This is just good all the way around. Some parents don't want to be anything but a buddy to their kids, and that's never going to work. I just don't want to make them mad at me. They're already mad at you. You might as well be in the right position anyway. Well, I don't, I don't, and a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of pastors, a lot of people who have spiritual authority get themselves in trouble with this because they don't ever want to be the bad guy. Nobody wants to be the bad guy. You don't have to be the bad guy. My responsibility is not to be the good cop, the bad cop, or just to come out and say, God has said, This is what God has said. This is where we should stand. This is is where the church should stand. This is what we should do. And we can't consider what other people are going to think and base our decision on that. Don't look at this world and decide where you're going to live based on where this world is. Well, at least because this world has gone so far and has gotten so wicked, it doesn't take much to be to the right of the world. But we ought to look at Christ as our example, the Word of God as our example, and say, I'm going to make my decisions based on this, at the risk of being labeled, like we are, all of these different things. Well, you're a legalist. Well, one, you can't define that, because if you could define it, you wouldn't apply that word. Don't worry about that. Make your decision based on what is right, not what other people think of you. Number Seven, worry about being right with God. Worry more about being right with God than respected by men. Uh, We have replaced God with man. And This may seem like an odd Bible study. With everything going on in in the political world, I think this is a very timely Bible study tonight. Because what happens in the political realm trickles down into their reflection of each other. And I think if we stop and we really were honest, there are more times than we'd like to admit, we base or we consider decisions based on ex- will I, how will this be accepted by this world rather than pleasing to God. And we must make our decisions and worry more about being right with God than respected by men. let's be honest, everybody wants to be respected. Don't you want to be respected? Nobody likes to be treated with disrespect. It's amazing to me the way young people disrespect their parents. It's amazing to me how generations now disrespect the older generation. I can't understand it. It's amazing to me while some are so far away from God... You, they'll disrespect the office of the pastor. It's just, it's just well, i got a base about it because I want these people to like me. They're not going to like you anyway. They just want to control you. They want to silence you. They don't like you already. And when you become just like them, you'll find out very quickly that they never liked you in the first place. So we need to make our decision more worried about what does God think about me. But when you lay your head on your pillow at night, you ought to be thinking about, God, have I pleased you today. If there's an area the Holy Spirit of God says up, you fell short, before you close your eyes, you get that right with Him. And when you get up in the morning, how can I please God today? Don't we say amen, and this is good preaching, and bless God, I'm going to do right whether nobody nobody likes it. I'm, if God's happy with me, then that's just the way it is. And all God's people said amen, and we we're shouting, and we we're hanging from the chandeliers, but then we get around family. It's, ah, uh, well. Or, or then we, we get out in this world, Don't worry about what God thinks. Number eight. Sometimes God uses a bad name for his purpose, even when our failures earn the bad name. I'm going to give you some examples. I'm going to make a statement that I don't ever want you to forget. Let me give you an example of what I just mentioned. Sometimes God uses a bad name for his purpose. Hebrews chapter number 11, we spent a year on faith. Remember that? We spent a lot of time in Hebrews chapter number 11. There's, There's a lot of different characters in Hebrews chapter number 11. There's, there's one that I'm going to mention to you, that as soon as I say the name, you're going to, automatically, your mind's going to go to a certain place. Abraham is there, Sarah is there, Joseph is there, Moses is there, Rahab, Rahab, the harlot, is there. Now, once she was saved, That was a life that was behind her. True. But God chose to preserve her as Rahab, the harlot. Now, only the mind of God. There's probably things that we cannot even comprehend. But how many times can I imagine that God has allowed that to be used as a picture? It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what you were before. Through the blood of Christ... You can be cleansed. You can be changed. And I believe that God put that in there as an example because God decides who He's going to use to preserve His people. God decides who He's going to save. He'll save anybody who wants to be saved. But God will even use a bad name. I put this in here tonight. You say, well, Pastor, I do have some things in my past. Well, God can still use you to His honor and glory. Here's a statement I don't want you to forget, and this will help some of you. And when the Pharisee comes to you, I want you to just remember this. God is not looking for good names. He's looking for servants. He's not looking for good names. He's looking for servants. You want want, want to be a help? You want God to bless you as a member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church? You just serve. Well, I'm, I'm wiser today thankfully and hopefully, that I was the first day I started pastoring. And those that are looking for a name, you can see them coming a mile away. And oh, I, every sermon is so much greater than the one they heard before. And pastor, what could I, you can, you can sense it, you can see it coming. What, what, you can sense, sense the trouble they're going to have. Why? Because they're just worried about building a reputation then you watch the one who just serves. We've got some newer Christians even here tonight. You just serve. You just work on your relationship with God. You let let the Spirit of God make you more like your Savior day after day, month after month, year after year. You just serve and you get power with God and then you'll have power with God and, and then God... Will give you greater opportunity to serve Him. But those that are just worried about their name and being somebody, how, how, how empty of a life to just serve in the church just so that you can be seen serving. We ought to serve because we have a God who's worth serving. We ought to serve because we have a God who lets us serve. God's not looking for names, He's looking for servants. So, Pastor, who can serve in the church? Well, I think any child of God can serve. Because God's looking for servants. Here's the last point. You ready for it? Some of you were ready for it 30 minutes ago. Our Lord had a bad reputation among men, and yet no fault could be found in Him. Think about what heaven thought of our Lord. He made himself with no reputation. Why? So he could be our sin sacrifice. I guess a, a good way of summing all of this up is this. If we would just focus on us doing right because the Bible says to do it, God will take care of every detail. If we just live, I, I, I know how it is. I know, and and I, I've heard many of you in the last many weeks and months just in passing. And so if you're sitting here tonight and this applies to you, you're not the only one. This is what so-and-so so my family said. When speaking of the way you're rearing your children. Or the way you decide to live. And part of you just like, I just want to fix them. I just want to tell them. You can't. You can't. Let me tell you what you can do. Just live so God is pleased with you. That is a wonderful place to be. There are some who will not, there are preachers of the gospel who will not take the stand they should take because they're afraid of what's going to be said about them. They're afraid they won't get invited back to their alma mater to preach in chapel. They're afraid they'll be ostracized from the local preacher's fellowship. They're they're, 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 they're scared to take that position. I'm not a perfect man by any stretch, and I'm not the model of what a pastor should be, but I, I don't want my mansion to be next to those who were martyred for our faith and gave no consideration of what any man thought having compromised so that I could have a better standing with man I I don't want that Uh, how many parents have sacrificed the future of their children because of the pressure that they allowed the world to put on them They allowed family to put on them. They allowed, quite frankly, backslidden rebels to put on them. And let me help you with something. Somebody who leaves the things of God, they've either got to get you to their position or they've got to destroy you. Well, this is my family... I, it, they could have the same last name, but listen very carefully to me. They've either got to get you to their position or they've got to destroy you. Because as I preached the other night, it's a serious thing to reject the truth of this book. And God will send you over to a strong delusion. So we think that God just, oh well, you know, no, no, it's a serious thing to reject the truth of this book. That's why this world, those that, they, 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 who crucified Jesus? Was it, was, it, was it a lost pagan world or was it the religious? Who, 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 who martyred those, those martyrs of the faith? It's the religious. Even in the founding of our own country, there were martyrs. Who was it? It was the religious. It's always been that way. It will always be that way. Because when you leave the truth of God, you've, I've either got to recruit you and get you to my position. That's why, by the way, that's why associations are important. Well, they would, that's not known. Trust me. They've got to get you to your position. If you won't come to the position, they've got to destroy you because as long as you exist with the truth, then their argument is not valid. Let's live to make God happy. Let's live to please Him. I think we're all, I don't know exactly how it's going to be, obviously, but I think we're all, if you can be surprised in heaven, are going to be a little surprised at some who, the crowns they have to lay down, and when it's revealed, what an impact they made on heaven they were nobody here on this earth. And I think of faithful preachers of the gospel. There are many in this world today, they serve on the, in the backwoods somewhere, in a small town somewhere. Nobody knows their name. They, they do two or three different things to make ends meet, but they faithfully stand and preach the word of God. They'll have no reputation. They'll, they'll, they'll get no great invitation to preach at some big conference. But I'll tell you who, who's pleased with that. God is. And I know s- s- some of you, and there's others that are usually here tonight, aren't here. Some of you, you enjoy holidays from one sense, but when the holidays come, you don't because you're reminded that, you, that, that you're different from the rest of your family in lots of ways, but I'm talking spiritually. And you feel that pressure. You feel like an outsider. Or maybe all of the company, well, maybe you won't have it this year because of COVID, Christmas parties and you don't get invited or you, you feel like an hey, Don't worry about your reputation. Don't worry about it. Worry about pleasing God. Worry about having power with Him. It didn't hurt Joseph, did it? Joseph was second in command. Let's serve God, because one day we're going to see our Savior. One day we're going to see Him. And so let's be faithful until that day. Father, I thank You. for.